Welcome back, everybody, to the In the Dome podcast. Cast, cast. Listen, the last thing we want to do is get stale on you guys. We don't want to get stale. You've re- have you ever had a stale cracker? Well, you know what's Stale potato chips? Stale bread? Stale potato chips. I don't know. Stale anything. Stale bread's okay as toast, though. The worst thing about stale food is when you don't know it's stale and you go to have it and it's stale. Is there any food that is better stale? I, I don't know. I think so. The only thing I can think of is the Seinfeld I just watched of the $35,000 cake from <laughs> 1800s at Lady's. I think that will be punishment enough. Okay, so. <laughs> All it's right. almost like, what, there's 15 games left. The point is, we got to change it up here. So we're not going to recap the games as we usually do. We're going to do, what are we going to do? Because we don't want to get stale and boring. Because I've been listening to the last couple and it's like, meh. Kind of getting bored of listening to these game recaps. So. Man, you can't just keep doing the same thing. You can change it up. Like I said, it's 15 games to the playoff start. 15 games to the end of the season. It's a, This is like, what is this, crunch time? It's go time. Go time. Mandelbaum. Well. Mandelbaum. <laughs> All right. Seinfeld references out the yin-yang. They're coming out. Even that's another fucking Seinfeld reference. Okay, but if you listen to the lives of the last two days, we're getting fired up. about it's playoff time. Well, it was because we were talking about this. It was yesterday. Here's this hypothesis, and I know I floated out there. It's like, oh, the Flames should just miss the playoffs. Best thing that could happen to the team, Flames miss the playoffs, and, and then I, and rebuild I, in the summer. And I think a, an important question that I ask you is, would you A, rather miss the playoffs than B, lose to the Oilers in the first round? And usually my response would be, yes, I'd rather miss the playoffs. But now that it's coming down to it, now Hell that, no! Now that the seasons has changed, it's like the days are getting longer. Spring's right around the corner. It's playoff time. It's Fifteen games. That's nothing. Playoffs. It's fifteen games until playoff time. The excitement is starting to build. We the take excitement it. is starting to mount. We take the playoffs for granted. Yes. Let's okay. make the playoffs. I, re- I I actually this this saying was really drilled home to me. A couple of years ago, when I actually started following the Blue Jays, when they actually were good for once, which is like you want to be playing meaningful baseball games through in August and September. That's all you really ask for. And here we are complaining all goddamn season yeah, all long. All goddamn year. We've been in a goddamn playoff spot all goddamn season long. And, and it's not sti- good enough. And for we're us. still. Oh, I should miss and fire Bradtree leaving. Mm-hmm. We've been playing meaningful hockey since October. That's all you want. We're playing all meaningful you want. hockey in March, so we just gotta give ourselves a slap in the face. And by all and by all most models, we are probably gonna make the playoffs. Here's the thing: if you win two out of your next three games, even two out of if you win two of the next three games, you're pretty much if you you're pretty much looking pretty solid. If you for the beat spot. both Arizona and Vegas, you pro you probably make the playoffs. Yeah. Right. If you well, beat both you have those to teams. do. You have to do other. You do. You get to win more games. Other yeah, than that. Doing, yeah. But I mean, but you're sitting you, in a you really cement yourself. Good really. Spot. Money puck has us at seventy nine percent to make the playoffs right now, which, which is a little low. If, if you're in the eighty and above, yeah. you're looking pretty. You're sitting pretty. So we're just on the edge. If we win tonight, if we win tonight, I'm sure that that shoots right up. It doesn't matter. For, yeah. A regulation. A regulation win, tonight, win. Well, it doesn't matter. Columbus puts who us cares? above the eighty percent line. Puts yeah. us in a really solid spot. Tonight's game is huge. Well, tonight's game is huge because it's a... Again, you look at the schedule for March. We're at home a lot. But we also have... We've got that Eastern road trip. 
And I mean, where are we going? We, we have suck it. ass We're at home. In, going going to New, New York, York. Yeah. New York, Devils New York, well. and the Devils. Um, but I mean, you've got this is like probably, and again, you don't want to be like, oh, every it's easiest, but this is like the softest part of your schedule right now. So you got Columbus tonight. They're banged up as shit. No Atkinson, no Bjorkstrand, no Seth Jones. But they are coming off a hell of a comeback win versus Vancouver. But what, the, three nights ago? I think ago? Steinberg said they only have like two wins in their past, like 13 or something. Like, we need to beat them tonight. You got to beat them. And then you got the Coyotes on Friday and the Golden Knights on Saturday. And then you got a three-day break at home. And then you play the Islanders and the Jets. This right here is the time to make hay. You hey. got to make some goddamn hay. Hey, we're playing arguably the best hockey we've seen all season. We sure long. are. Our top guys are our actual top guys on an NHL basis. Sure now. are. We're sitting in a good spot. My only concern is that old concern of like your first game back off a long road trip yeah. is usually pretty stale. So here's how I think tonight breaks down. Columbus may carry a portion of the play in the first period tonight. Okay. So you can't go down any more than one goal in the first period. And ideally, you get on the scoreboard. Well, especially at home, the way it's gone this year so far. As long as you can get your feet under you by the second period, you should be in good shape. And then you got to win. And now here's my theory. We talked about this on the lives this week. I feel like this next stretch, this next 11 out of 15 games at home, you're going to see us turn our home record around. It's going to be time that we finally start to look better at home. Well, this has been I think this has been your hypothesis since like 2 months into the season where it was like these guys had the best regular season we've had in 30 years last year and they got bounced in 5 games and we're not going to see what this team is really capable of until the latter portion of the season. I will give credit to where credit's due. The where I got that hypothesis from was Elliot Friedman more so based on on Tampa's struggle out the gate. And I think he did compare it to Calgary as well. But Tampa struggled hard. If you look now, they're second place. Oh, yeah. They have a chance of taking What first. are they, like 22-5 and five in their last 30 games almost? Like, it's crazy. They have a chance to take first in the league. Actually, no, they don't. They're No, because they went on a little bit of a, sl- a yeah, skid there. Yeah, they went on a five-game skid. Boston is kind of like... But they're still second overall. Yeah. Boston's far and away. Yeah, Boston's going. But Elliot Friedman, the point is, is saying that... What was it? Eighteen games in the season, they were like eight and. They were really struggling. They were, they were way below, back. They were like at least three games below five hundred. Yeah, four or five spots into a playoff spot, even though they hadn't played as many games. But what Elliot's his breakdown was well, this what this team learned last year is that the regular season doesn't fucking matter. You have the best regular. Was that the best regular season in NHL history? I think they tied a record. They tied a record in NHL with history. With the Detroit Red Wings. How old is the league? It's over 100 years. Yep. Just? 1918, 1920, something like that. In 100 years, even when there was like six teams and, and teams dominated, nobody had a regular season like the Tampa Bay Lightning last year. Bounced four games. You don't even win a playoff game. Swept in round one. Like, what the F? So, his point was like, Wake-up call, the regular season means dick if you can't put, pull it together in the playoffs, and vice versa. Well, again, like, I don't know if you said this, but it's just like, you can't 
help but think that that has been going through some of the Flames' minds this season. Well, now particularly was, guys like Gaudreau and Monahan. And that was the point. Was that early in the season? It was kind of like, well, what's sure guys are having a hard time getting up compared to last season. It's like all season long they were motivated. And I think it was, like, if we could finish first. And they finished first in the West. They did everything they had to, everything they were supposed to. Had the season that, you know, we could only dream of. Only twice in franchise, in 40 years, have they had that great of a season. Swept, not swept, but... Pretty not, much, reverse swept. Punked. In one game and then swept. Punked. Crushed. First round. First Crushed. round. Dominated. That's probably very frustrating. Plus, if you look at it, this is what we've been... This is what... I, well... We, I know you've been backing me. That's what I've been preaching all year is you get swept. You have the exact same team returning. Arguably, you're a little bit of a weaker team. But Johnny Goudreau knows this team wasn't good enough. The makeup of the team wasn't good enough to do dick all in the playoffs last year. All the offense is riding on him. The GM has done very little to improve the club. Not done nothing to help Johnny Goudreau. Yeah. So maybe it's just like throughout that 82 game. Well, the first... Whatever. Forty. Like, where is the actual motivation, yeah. the driving force, to be excellent? Well, again, like if you even think, I, it's it seems silly now to think like, you know, that this doesn't have an effect on them. But think about it in your own work life. If you do something, if you have the best year you've ever had in your entire life, and then you get like fired or some shit, it's like fuck. <laughs> it's natural. It's so stupid. I don't want to do that again. It's natural human behavior. Yeah, it's true. These guys are humans. So this has been your hypothesis, long withstanding. I think we're starting to see it, and I do agree with you. And I think we will see them turn around at home here. Yeah. Just to clarify, the hypothesis has been even like the the first half was suspect, especially for Monty and Johnny and Co. Well, and Bill Peters was still around too. Can't forget about that. Yeah. And there's still remnants of poor mismanagement oh there's still i still think this team is is performing well in spite of some poor management for sure yeah like so yes from the coaching standpoint the hypothesis has been johnny money will turn it around in the second half more so in the last quarter which we're entering now we've already entered it the team as a whole will start to look better and what we've been saying the last couple weeks is just like the tampa bay lightning just like the colorado avalanche last year Right now is really all that matters in the regular season. If you're in a playoff position, these last 15 games, the last 12 games going into the playoffs is really the most important part of the season. Exactly. Like, again, does anybody remember Dick about the Colorado Avalanche before they got on a heater last year in the latter portion of the season and crushed us in the playoffs and almost made it to the third round? No! They were, I don't! They weren't even in, in a... They weren't on the radar! They weren't even in playoff time. And now all of a sudden they're like Stanley Cup favorites. They're good. Dude, they're so good. And I, I kind of I thought they'd but, drop off a bit, but... The GM, Joe Sackett, goes out and adds to the Don team... Don Skoy, Burkowski, Kadri. A whole new line! A whole second line! Anyways, that's another conversation for another time. Yeah, that's that's a summer convo. But if they can just go on a roll now, and we're starting to see them play their best hockey, we saw probably back-to-back two of their best games of the year against Boston and Nashville. Well, if you look back over the past, if you look back over the past month, the last two weeks, we've probably seen their best four or five games by a wide margin. 
Like there's there's some statistics that you've been throwing out on Instagram, which is expected goals for. There's so, some statistics I've shared with you yeah. that Kent Wilson has tweeted in terms of who's leading the team now and expected goals for. Yeah. It is Johnny Gaudreau. So the Flames have had like a massive turnaround since since probably about January in terms of expected goals for, meaning they're creating quality chances. And they've been in the last 25 games. Sean Tierney posts this kind of like rolling 25-game averages. No team in the NHL over the past 25 game games has been um, creating high-quality scoring chances as much as the Calgary Flames. How fantastic is that? That's pretty awesome. So if you look back, I think it would probably start at around the time the Lions got switched back to normal. Yep. That's probably the Vancouver game. And since Backlund's been effective again. So here's your best game since then. Probably the Vancouver game. The San Jose game, I still think, is the absolute best game of the season. You beat the Ducks in that span twice. Those were two really good games. Your game Six against, goals. Yeah, your game against Boston was very strong. Um, And I mean, so there you go. Like I would say February you had four or five of your best games by far, by a wide margin this season. Which, which really, by all counts, means you're trending in the right direction at the right time. Which is all you really want. That's all we really want. That's all you want. That's all you really want. That's all you really need. That's all you want. And now I'm pumped up for playoffs. Like, look. I've forgotten all this shit about Brad Living being an idiot, about Jeff Ward being an idiot. I just want to get into the playoffs. And? And crush win. some Let's bitches' win. souls. Let's win a round. Let's win some rounds, guys. Let's win a round. Come on. It's March 3rd. Look at it. Snow is melting every single day. It's not supposed to snow on Saturday. Yeah, but though. it's going to melt in the next day afterwards. Yes. That's the thing about All I was thinking this about. late in the year when it's playoff time right around the corner. The snow melts when it falls. It just hit me the other day. I was like, hey, almost a year ago, we were walking to the Dome to go to game one. Yes. And it's like, it's it's almost more exciting this year, isn't I it? I think so. Because last year we'd been in the playoff, like, there wasn't even a race. And we may very well still miss the playoffs, mind you. We shouldn't get ahead of ourselves here. It's very unlikely. It's very unlikely, but it could have happened. But I think this year with all the excitement, the wide open nature of the division, the wide open nature of the conference, really. The, the all likelihood of... A bad of Alberta matchup. Fuck me. Which we're going to get into. All right, let's get into it right now. Let's get into it. Let's do it. So what we're going to do is break down some let's, possible playoff scenarios. Let's, just, let's briefly talk about the Oilers because I think we talked about them on the live. The Oilers are legit, everybody. Don't know if you noticed or not. Well, you know what's funny? But I, the Oilers are legit. I was thinking on the way over here, and I say this from time to time, is like some of these teams that have kind of like come back into relevancy and like don't suck anymore and... Like, I'm specifically thinking of the Oilers and, I mean, even the Minnesota Wild and, like, Vancouver. Just some teams that it's, like, they've kind of been, it's like, what? How are they in the playoffs? Like, even Philly. Like, Philly, according to Money Puck, has one of the best Stanley Cup odds. No, they have. Have the best Stanley Cup odds Money Puck odds has them ranked number one. Which is crazy to me. It's just funny how these things kind of, like, it's cyclical, right? It's like, all of a sudden, the Oilers are good and it's like, now that Yamamoto's on their team and it's like, oh, what? They, They have depth? Going into the season, everyone's like, they suck, suck, suck. Oh, my God, do they suck. It's just weird how, like... Winnipeg and Nashville, the two juggernauts of the Central Division for the last three, four years, are fighting for their playoff Pecorine lives. is falling off a goddamn cliff. Most likely, they're not going to make it. Most Dude. likely, Minnesota is going to make it in over Nashville, over Nashville and Winnipeg. Isn't that crazy? I've been, nuts. I've been following the daily money puck odds. Yeah. These guys, Nashville and, and Winnipeg are both... Like, Nashville's been hovering around the 50% 
chance of making it. Yeah. In their past three games, look, they've lost three straight. They're below 50%. Winnipeg for the last two weeks been like around 20% chance of making it. Well, Money Puck currently has Minnesota higher at 66%. Nashville's at 29%. Winnipeg's at 25% as of today. That's crazy. Like, who would have thought that? Although yeah. I did call, I did say the Wild were going to make the playoffs. Just a little humble right there. But, I mean, all to say is like... You did, and that was preseason too. That was preseason. All to say is... When a star player is having a tough year, i.e. Johnny Gaudreau this year, it's not a good idea to just trade them. Don't trade guys on a win because NHL clubs can turn around like that. I think I said this yesterday. It was like, if you look at like the history of like the Tampa Bay Lightning, it was like Eastern Conference Final, Eastern Conference Final, Stanley Cup Final. Then they missed the playoffs one year for some reason. But they didn't go out and like trade Stamkos and trade Kucherov and all these guys. Yeah, They just kind of tinkered a bit. So it's just like when... We tend to get into this mindset of like, oh, it'll never work. It'll never work. And then, like, all of a sudden, Alexander Ovechkin wins the Stanley Cup. And it's like, well, of course he did. He's awesome. Yeah. So I've just been thinking about that a lot and are like, because that's been the main talking point this season is like, if the Flames continue to suck. And I think part of, like, that excitement, Goudreau, that, excitement that you're talking about this year, is it, that's a good example of when the Caps finally won the Cup. Yeah. They did it when no one expected them to do it. When that's they. True. When they finish first overall, like the ten f- tiers in a row, like they're always the f- cup favorites and never did anything. So you're saying we're gonna win the cup? Is that what you're saying? Well, let's look at the money. Let's look at money pucks odds right That's now. That's what you're saying because right if now. You're looking at the West, Vegas has the best odds out of the West to win the cup, and then Calgary's number two. So if you want money puck has a as there's different models out there. Some people are like, "Ooh, it's bullshit." How do they come up with those numbers? Go read it for yourself. It's way too complicated and boring for me to read on here. But as of today, the Philadelphia Flyers, according to Money Puck... Sorry, not the West, the Pacific. Yeah. Philadelphia has the has the best uh, chance to win the Stanley Cup. But we're actually ninth overall. And third in the West. And third in the... Well, no. Fourth, oh, fourth in, the in the West. Yeah, second in the Pacific, though. Yeah. So it shakes down. Vegas has the best odds, 11.7%. In the Pacific, but Philly is number one overall, 12.4%. And then we're the next up in the Pacific at 5.3%. I don't mind those odds. I don't mind those odds <laughs> one bit. Oh God. Okay. Do you want to touch in a nutshell how they how they track all this? Because well, it's really the, complicated. The, I know one of the things that makes it more simple to understand is if you look at the matchups down the stretch. Yeah. Because the reason why we have a such higher odds, and the same thing in Minnesota right now, is that all of the Central Division matchups and the Pacific Division matchups on a nightly basis, you got Vancouver playing. Uh, the Oilers, or you got Vancouver. They're playing Arizona tonight. Vancouver, Arizona. So you know that one of those two team, one of those two teams, is a good chance is going to get zero. Points. So it's not just like these odds aren't just based on like who is like the best team, right? Like it's not just saying oh Philly's the best team in the league and they're going to win the cup, right? It's based on the remaining schedule, how they've been playing. Their yeah, a lot of goals underlying score. goals, metrics, stuff like that. Yada yada yada. And I mean that's why you see a team like Minnesota like so high up there. They've been playing lights out. A lot of their underlying numbers have been great, but their goaltending sucked all year. Now they're finally getting a bit of goaltending, and they're starting to turn around a bit, and they all could right. sneak into the playoffs. Let's circle us back to the Oilers. What's the Oilers' odds to win the Cup? Because they are actually... Me, we're going to talk about the Oilers. So the yeah. Oilers, to make the playoffs, they're pretty much a lock, 95.9%. Yeah, they're a lock. To win the Cup, only 2.7%, though. Right, much lower than us. Which 3% gets, lower, bitches! And I think what we've been talking about so far with the Oilers... Their goaltending is their biggest weakness. Well, even though they're getting goaltending right now. Yeah. But here's the thing. You t- you want to talk about timing. 
and peaking. The Oilers are peaking in the last five games. So let's just hope that they can't sustain this peak. And that, because like, who can sustain a peak for 20 games? Well, I mean, and typically your peak is like 10, 12 games long. Maybe you stretch out to 15. If you're Boston, you stretch out to 20. But the Oilers, are they going to peak all the way into the, the offseason? Well, this is what we, this is because, you know, everybody knows that I'm terrified of playing the Oilers in the first round. More, more so because of the possibility of them beating us and then like, we never hear the end of it, like, ever. So it's more like that than I'm like, oh, I think they could beat us. I do think they probably would beat us over seven games. Like, does anybody want to be looking down the barrel of a gun with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl coming at them for seven games? Well, Holy just, shit, Just no. look at that power play. Yeah, like, Jesus Christ. That power play alone could win them four games. Well, it's not only just the power play. They have the f- best power play in the league and the second best penalty kill in the league. So, so you want to take it down to a, like, five on five. They're one of the worst teams in the league still, aren't they? This is this has long been a saying of the Oilers. When McDavid and Drysaddle are on the ice, they're the easily the best team in the league. Five on five and power play. When McDavid and Drysaddle are off the ice, they're the worst. That's pretty much sums it up. And I'm even looking at Mike Smith, like, sure he's been great lately, but has he? Has he though? Like he's not. His save percentage is nine oh five. The biggest thing that I've seen, and I'm, maybe there's statistics, it's, it looks to me as if they've shored up team defense. Exactly what's happening. Thanks to who? There's one person responsible for that. We could have hired him, Dave Tippett. Because if you it's look, it's amazing at, what an NHL coach does. If you look at Smith's save percentage, what's the difference? It's the, like what's the main difference between this and it, the the Flames, the Oilers of last year and the Oilers of this year? Dave Tippett, Dave Tippett's system. That's it. And that's the other thing that scares me about playing the Oilers in the first round is that you think Jared Bednar bent Bill Peters over last year? Just wait to see what Dave Tippett would have in store for Jeffrey. Anyways, yeah, I'm just looking at Mike Smith's like Fenwick save percentage, so it's it's no good. All of his underlying metrics are no good. He's pretty much the beneficiary of the Oilers tightening up a bit defensively. That's pretty much what's happening. It's not like they're getting world class goaltending, and we all know they got good goaltending last night. And we all know Koskinen was good last night. Go ahead about Mike Smith, right? Like, yeah, he played like. Did we really have a problem last year with our team defense? Not really. It was him. But, like, every other game, he's letting in a terrible back-breaking goal. We won a lot of nights in spite of Mike Smith. Even though he was good in the playoffs for us last last year. Uh, he was okay in game one. I don't see him being, you know, the difference maker for them in the playoffs. But I can't rule anything out. But I the, this point, the I thing about the Oilers, like, that's the thing. And, again, like, it's not groundbreaking analysis to be like, oh, Connor and, and Leon Drysaddle. But when you factor into the fact that now that Yamamoto's back and he's really given them a lot, yeah, but the, and they picked up Ennis and Anthony Sayu, their weakness has always been like they don't have any NHL depth. Here's now a, they have a little bit. I have a slight prediction on this. They're peaking right now. Well, you have an interesting analogy. It's like I will share with this. Okay, you okay. share right now. Because I always look at these funny little trends. The first time I really noticed a trend was when Vancouver went to the Stanley Cup Finals. What year was that? Vancouver went in 2011. 2011. But there was three years in a row where Canadian teams went. But here's the here's the trend that I noticed. When did they host the Olympics? 2010. Who who was the last Canadian team to host the Olympics? Vancouver. Oh, previously Calgary. In what year? 89. When did we win the Stanley Cup? 89. When who was the previous Canadian city to host the Olympics before us? I don't know. Montreal. Oh. In 76. Whatever it was, the year after they won the Stanley Cup. 
So I was hell-bent thinking Vancouver that Vancouver was going to maintain that trend and win the cup the year after hosting the Olympics. And holy shit, did they almost. Almost. Thank God for uh, Milan Lucic and the Boston Bruins. So then the next trend is like the Oilers did exactly the same thing that we did pretty much the next in 05, NHL 06. season. Yeah. Oh five, oh six. We in oh four we went on this miracle playoff berth, this miracle playoff run, all the way to game seven, Stanley Cup finals, lose. To a expansion team. Or in were, in the South. Yeah, they're an expansion team. Well they were uh I guess so, technically the relocation team, but where the where the bolts come from? They were the the no the bolts were uh expansion team. The, the hurricanes came from, from Hartford. Hartford, yeah. So then you have Pretty much the next, the next official NHL season, the Oilers have this miracle playoff berth followed by a miracle playoff run to the to game, to game seven. seven. It's so weird because so I, like the exact same team as the Tampa Bay Lightning. They copied us. And know it's so weird because when I was in like grade seven or something back then, and I remember when the Flames lost, all my friends were Oilers fans, and I was like, "Screw you guys! I hope the Oilers go to Game Seven next year and lose." Just so you know how I feel. It happened. Anyways, continue. <laughs> so, my point is, they're copycats. They're going to copy us again this year. What does that mean? They'll finish first in the Pacific, and they'll get bounced hard in the first round. Sounds good to me, man. Sounds perfect. Sounds great. I think I texted. I was texting you last night because you and I, obviously, and I think much of the fam or the Calgary Flames fan base this year have been watching Oilers games to watch them lose. We have a, more, a bigger, we have a way bigger vested interest in them losing than we ever have because of the off-season player swaps. Yeah, but and because of all the shenanigans going on, it hasn't year. really been it's that been like, satisfying. They're so dry. So them. good. It's like every time I turn the TV, scoring a goal. And I guess maybe that's the difference. No, it's, they're going to copy us. They're going to get bounced. The Oilers? Yeah, but I did say to you, yeah. how satisfying would it be to watch them get bounced? Oh, it would be... In a playoff series. It would be, it would be like... It would be more satisfying... Well, okay, what's more satisfying? If they completely fall off the face of the earth in the last 15 games and miss the playoffs? I bet you they're going to do what we did last year. Or if they win the division and get crushed in round one. Which one's more satisfying? Both, both tingle my jingles in a real big way. Tingle your jingles. But... I'll take. I'll, I'll still take missed the playoffs because that would be hilarious. So you, if you look at us, we when did we peak? It was pre All Star break. Yeah, last year. It, it was pretty much a, a, the the mark of the mark of demarcation was like right after the All Star break. We fell yeah. off a cliff. We plateaued out. Yeah, and then probably in the in the last you know five to six games we plateaued. We just like oh, hung hard, on by a thread. Hard, like barely at all. So I kind of have a feeling that Edmonton will do something similar. The last three to five games will be a hard plateau for them. Yeah. I think they're they're in the middle of their peak right now. I hope so. I just don't know how long this peak's going to go. Well, and the thing is, too, like... What scares me is that it's all based off of a defensive system that they've bought into. Well, that seems to be working, and their power play is fucking the most dangerous their power, power play. Their power play is insane. I remember seeing since probably Chicago. Well... Like, did you see the goal? I think it was his fourth. Drysaddle scored. Yes. Where? What the hell? He's like, he's like, got his back to the goalie, but he makes his backhand like available. It yeah. Was, it was like, holy shit! And then he turns around and buries it. It was he's, like I've never seen that before. These guys are making brand new plays. That's what I mean. I talk about that. I talk about how he he handles the puck weird a lot. It's like a play like that. If you didn't watch it, it's his fourth goal against the Predators the other night. Yeah. 
He's got his back towards Rene, and he's just got his backhand open. It's the weirdest play, but it worked perfectly, and he turns around and buries it. He's so dangerous. It's insane. And if you look at a lot of the Oilers' underlying numbers, that's really how they play. They play pretty boring. Yeah. They just play that Dave Tippett boring style and then let McDavid and Drysaddle go to town on the power play. Yep. That's pretty much how they win games. God, they get a lot of power plays. They do. It's it's really gross to watch. <laughs> it kind of makes me sick. It's icky. It is icky. So enough gushing about the Oilers. Well, here's where I'm at with them for my own sanity. I'm at a place now where it just like... I've admitted to myself that they're good. And you know what that does? What sage is that in depression? I don't know, but... It's the last one, acceptance. You're there. Acceptance? Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. I've gone through... It's taken, what, 70 <laughs> games? 68 games? But I've made it. But what it does is that it, it makes it easier to see them win. It's just like you just admit they're good now. Yeah. The it Oilers, doesn't make you as mad. Just admit the Oilers are good, but that's okay. Even if they are a playoff team... In the next few years, whatever. It just means they're good. Now it goes to the next level of what happens in playoff time. Anyways, moving on from the Oilers, other than the fact that they are a potential matchup for us. So this was Dom Letitian posted this, what, a couple days? Or is it Sean Tierney? It's Dom Letitian, right? Yeah, I think you've got it open. This is different. This is point projections. So Dom Letitian has, has posted most probable playoff matchups. So we wanted to go over that today and look at some of who our opponents might be and do a quick little analysis of who do we want to avoid. We're not even going to go down the road of who do we want to play. Yeah, because we did that last year. We were like, I think everybody's in this boat last year because we'd been in the playoffs for so long that really the only talking point in the entire world was like, okay, who do the Flames ideally want to play? And like for literally everybody, because we'd bitch slap Colorado so hard during the regular season, like every game, like... The backland line shut McKinnon down. Remember McKinnon had that like public freakout on Hockey Night in Canada yep. on the bench screaming at Bednar to do his job and shit? Yep. It was like Michael Backlund and Matthew Kachuk caused that shit. So we were like, Colorado, we'll take that all day. Yeah, we almost sweep the season series. Yeah. The one game they almost beat us, we, we came ma- back. We match up against them, against them beautifully. Yeah, oh, yada. shit. So We what, just got crushed. What we learned... And this also happened, I remember, when I was following the Blue Jays, and I think they played Boston the second round, the second year they made the playoffs. You don't ever wish for anybody. Don't wish for anybody! This is why I think the idea of allowing division winners to pick their opponent is so intriguing to me. Have you heard this idea? Is that a legit idea? It's just an idea that's out there. I think they're going to try it in the AHL at some point. Seriously? Where... The teams if who you finish, finish first, if you finish first, you get to pick who you play. That would be amazing. Oh man, that would be so much fun. That's unless you're thing. the team, unless you're a fan of the team that's picking, then it's goddamn terrifying. Well, especially with I think this is this whole thing that we're discussing. It falls under Murphy's law. Yeah, who you wish for is probably the most likely to beat you. I bet you. That's gotta be that's gotta be like more than Murphy's law. That's gotta be like some sort of legitimate concept in physics right oh yeah 100 percent. but maybe i don't it's, know it's kind of like a it's kind of like a psychological thing it's like the union philosophy of like what you least what you need most is where you least want to look or some shit yeah i think so it's gotta be so the <laughs> the case in point is that this year and from all years moving forward you never wish to play anybody you just take what the what you're given you take what you're given now, we, it's, I think it's okay 
to say who we don't want to play. Oh, sure. That's different. It's different. That's totally different. That's opposite. It's the opposite. So let's do it. You're safe with opposite. All right. My name is George. I'm unemployed and I live with my parents. I love it. Okay, so, and the, I mean, this, these change so frequently, but this was like two days ago. Dom Letitian posted this. Um, the most likely playoff matchups for the Calgary Flames, 24% chance will play Edmonton. There are there are most likely playoff first round playoff opponents. I hate it so much. The second the second most likely playoff opponent is twelve percent is the Vancouver Canucks, which is a little surprising to me. I thought it would be Vegas. And then nine percent is Vegas. Yeah. But again, these do change quite frequently. Yeah, they'll change. Yeah. Um, but then if you look at Edmonton and Vancouver, they're most likely to play each each other over us. They're both sitting at thirty percent that they'll play each other. We're a twenty four percent chance of playing. Edmonton. Yeah, so if you, we'll go team by team in a minute, but if just if you work those through logically, I still think the most logical thing is that the Oiler is that Vegas wins the division. The Flames and Oilers finish two three. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I think Edmonton is going to take the division. You now. do well oh. then. If for us to play them, that means we'd we'd have to fall into a wild card spot. Uh, see, I don't, I don't know. And I think we've got. I third think lockdown. that this Edmonton peak is going to last, and their five games they'll take over the division, and then we'll see if Vegas can win it back. Because currently Vegas is up two points on them, and the Oilers have a game in hand. Because Vegas has kind of plateaued in the last five games. They and have lost Michael or uh, they've lost Mark Stone. Mark Stone. Yeah, I forgot about that shit. Um, but they got like Leonard got a shutout last night. Their backups playing solid. I could see them holding the Oilers off. They're, I, st- they're I still obviously think the better team. Yeah, but Edmonton's playing better hockey right now. I think as a whole because they are they're 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 playing in their peak right now. So following that logic, let's say Edmonton wins the division, we probably play Vegas. No, I think so. So you're thinking I Edmonton think won Vegas? I don't, two. At this rate, I don't think we end up in a wild card spot because I do think we're trending in the right direction. I well, think we'll finish second or third. There's really no excuse to not have a Pacific Division playoff spot when Vancouver is missing Besser and Mark. Markstrom, like, and, and come they're, on. They're, and we've they got a pretty already easy peaked. schedule. Yeah. They surged forward. I think that was their peak of the season. When they took over first place, they had it for, what, two weeks? Yeah. And now they've dropped. They are they dropped down to a wild card spot. They're without Mark, Markstrom. They're without Besser. I think that Vancouver gets a wild card spot. So they'll play the winner of the, of the Pacific, which I think is going to be, I don't know, it's going to be either Edmonton or Vegas. So I think we're playing either Edmonton or Vegas. Yeah, that's what it looks like mostly. Because at this point, there's no chance we're going to play Vancouver. Okay. Because for order us to play Vancouver, Vancouver and us would have to finish two and three. Yeah. Or if we win the division and we play them. I don't know if we're winning the division. Anyways, there's a lot of possible We'll know a lot more in two weeks, but... You're, you're kind of convinced that the Oilers win the division. I don't know. I feel you, but I just... I don't know. I can see... I still think Vegas... I don't know. Here's why I think Edmonton wins the division. Um, they're two points back of Vegas with a game in hand. Yeah. And all fucking year long, we've been waiting for them to drop off, and they just don't. They don't go away. And right now, they are playing the best hockey. I prefer them to win the division because that means we don't play them in the first round. Yeah. But it just depends. I think... I think it depends on how Vegas does. If Ve- if Vegas is hovering around 500 hockey here on out, they're not going to win. But if Vegas can, how like how long is Mark Stone out for? 
I don't know. It's like week to week or something. And, and what is their? Which I mean, means I, probably I mean, a lot longer than you'd hope. Let me pull up their schedule because maybe that'll depend too. Like the yeah. strength of Vegas' schedule. And I mean, down the stretch. I know on the last one I was like, "Flames going to win the division." It could still theoretically happen, but they're eight. How many points back? They're six points back. That no, they're eight points back of Vegas. Seven points back. I'm sorry, I can't do math. Vegas. <laughs> There's so many Pacific Division matchups coming down the stretch. Oh, I know. It's going to be crazy. So it's, it's almost impossible to predict what's going to happen here's just Vegas, based on that alone. Here's Vegas's. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Here's Vegas's remaining uh, teams they face: Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, Minnesota, Colorado, Dallas, Arizona. So that's Ooh. that's a handful of good hockey teams fighting for playoff spots. Then they got Detroit, which is like a one-off, and they're back to Vancouver, Arizona, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver. Yikes! It seems like a lot of games. But this. For me, for us, for Flames fans, when you're looking at the nightly schedules and you see two playoff, two Pacific teams facing off, you say yes. It's good. One of them has to lose, unless three point game, which often happens. And Vegas is nine in their last ten. They're nine and one, so they've been they've been rolling too. Yep. Okay, so let's do. Who do you want to talk about first, Edmonton or Vegas, if, to do, play them in the playoffs? Let's do Vegas. Okay. Vegas again, like I know. Who scares you more, Vegas or Edmonton? Because I think right now it depends if Mark Stone's in the lineup. Fuck, it's it, it's it's kind of a toss-up. From a psychological perspective, Edmonton, but from a purely hockey sense, Vegas, like you can't not be scared of Vegas. They're no. in, they're insane. From a pure hockey sense, you can't really be scared too scared of either one of them. From a pure I'm, hockey sense, they're still the Oilers, right? Yeah, it's like they're still the fucking Oilers. But from a psychological aspect, you're terrified. I don't know. I'm still terrified to. I would be ter. I'm still terrified to face McDavid and Drysdale in the playoffs. Exactly. These guys are. They're not game. These guys are beyond game breakers. Dude, they're like, like what do you even call them? They're Fuck. game fucking mind. Like yeah, it's true. Like like they're series like breakers. Johnny Gaudreau. He, These guys are series they're like breakers. Stanley Cup breakers. Yeah. Like what's the what's the next word for a series? Like a group of series. They're playoff breakers. Like, they don't just break open a game. They break off a whole goddamn postseason. And the scariest thing about this team is that they're starting to get that secondary scoring. Exactly. You've got Yamamoto back. You've, you've added Ennis. You've added Anthrasayu. Now, they still struggle defensively as a as a player personnel group, but then Tippett's got them playing so well defensively. Their biggest weakness is goaltending. Well, it's kind of weird because you and I were talking about K. Okay, what are the Oilers' weaknesses and strengths compared to us? Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, let's look at team defense. It's pretty similar, right? They're like, probably, that's supposed to be our biggest our advantage over them is that on, our defense on, is better. On, on paper, paper, it's way better. On paper, our defense is better. In actual reality, theirs is probably a bit better than ours. Slightly, or it's pretty comparable. Goaltending on paper, ours is better, but... It's probably only it's probably pretty comparable. Well, I'm looking at a chart right now from Sean Tierney that compares quality versus quantity against, and we're right there together. Like so, it's showing shot attempts against per sixty and quality of shots against. So pretty much, it's a matrix of goaltending and defense. And the Flames and Oilers are like side by side, side by side, right in the middle. So goaltending and defense is pretty much a toss up. And then I know if you look offensively, like in the like I said off the top, past twenty five games, we've nobody's been better than us at creating creating offense. But the Oilers are 
they're similar, and they have McDavid and Dry- Like, you can't look me in the eye and tell me, even and though the Flames have, have been creating more offense the past 25 games, you'd rather have our offense than McDavid and Dreisaitl. And look at their power play. And their their power play is deadly. Their power play makes ours sad to watch. So if you say our goaltending is slightly better, our defense as a unit is slightly better, but as a team defense, and, and, they're better. And on a consistent nightly basis, and then their offense is better. Like, doesn't that scare the shit out of you? Their power play... It's just special, special teams. Special teams, like, their Come power down, play scares me. Comes down to special teams, and you know in playoff, the special teams is amplified. And the other thing is, too, like, if you look at the season series... I know we were saying we were going to talk about Vegas first, but we're already talking about the others. Just can't, um, this is so it's hard It's just not so to. hard not to. It's just so hard not Season to. series, we've played them four times. We've beat them three times. Yes. They, they bitch-slapped us once. But they've really bitch slapped us twice, but and we eked out a shootout win. And we played them pre-peak, pre-Oilers peak. Yeah, but we haven't. Them. But we haven't peaked all. We haven't even peaked yet. I haven't even begun to peak. It's always sunny reference. We I'm may, on fire with my TV references today. Be peaking now, but we haven't peaked yet. Can you imagine if like the game eighty two? Flames Oilers is just like, and we're our playoff matchup has been set, and that's the prelude. Holy wow. shit! Okay, it's already making my stomach turn. That's how much I can't handle it. I don't know, like I couldn't handle it. You guys, if they play the Oilers in the first round, I'm telling you, I can't be involved. I don't think I can watch. There's no way I can go. There is no way I can go to the games no. when they play the Oilers. I can't be anywhere near this. No. I will have to just go away on vacation in like a cabin in the woods for like two weeks and come back when it's done. I can't handle it. I'm sorry. And, I can't handle it. And, I couldn't even watch. And, it makes me sick just thinking about it, sorry. And that is why it's going to happen. It just literally like thinking about it right now gives me so much anxiety. It almost like... It, 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 oh, God. This is one of those things where it's like you have to just step into the fire, man. You just got to do it. Can't do it. We're going to play them. It's going to happen. I can't because do of it. all those reasons you described, it's like destiny. I can just imagine it's myself fate. sitting there watching like game one and, and if like we, and it listen, sick to my stomach. Watch. If it's not in the first round, it's going to be in the second. <laughs> Guys, it's going to happen. Anyways, if you look at our season head-to-head, the last two games, the Oilers completely dominated us, specifically the 8-3 win, obviously. But they outplayed us big time in that shootout win, the stick flip game. And then the previous two games, we did outplay them, but it's not like we dominated them. If you're comparing what you've seen from the Calgary Flames this year compared to what you've seen from the Oilers this year, they're a better team. Yeah, you take the Oilers. But you haven't seen the best Calgary Flames yet. You're starting that's, to see it. That's the difference maker. And I think right now you are seeing the best Edmonton Oilers, and we'll see how long. And they're they scary as shit. Yep. Okay, so then same same deal with Vegas. Like again, like if you look at Vegas, Vegas, we don't win in Vegas. Number one, Vegas. Let's just say this is the worst season that they've had. This is the worst they've looked. They fire their coach as a franchise. This is the work they look. I mean, well, you go to the Stanley Cup final, win the division. This is the third year. Third year, but they're not as scary. Like the first year, it's one of those things. It's Murphy's Law. It's like they're the Cinderella story. No one expecting them. Of course, they're gonna go all the way. Next year, last year, they're a juggernaut. Last year, they should have probably won the Stanley Cup. They may have. They would have. I think that was such a weird exit. But now this year, it's like they've had trouble putting it all together all year long. 
But they're getting on a roll well, right now. Like you said, they're nine one. and one in their last ten. And they're not like spiking. They're just now playing to their potential. And so I don't see. I don't know. All of their underlings have been great all year. Yeah. They're finally they got Robin Leonard there to solidify their goaltending. That's gonna, been their problem has been goaltending. They'll probably finish first. But then I, I don't know. It's gonna be. I think it's between them and playing. Playing them has like again anytime and it may be dependent on the Mark Stone injury. But if you're looking at going up against, like even their fourth line, like is a good possession line with Carrier, Reeves, and um, somebody else who I'm totally forgetting. Um, no sick. But they're th- they're three lines. Like like how do you even compete with that? Like how can you compete when they're healthy? This is their top three lines: Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, Paul Stastny. Second line, Jonathan Marshall, O'Reilly Smith, William Carlson. Third line, I guess they traded Cody Eakin. Chandler Stevenson, Nick Cousins, Brandon Peary. And then their fourth line is, again, like it's Carrier, Nosek, and Reeves, but they're still a pretty decent And how's their depth on the back end? Because I think for Vegas, it's going to come down to how healthy they can stay. And I like their back end more than that. I think Shea Theodore is insanely underrated. They picked up Martinez, and he's like, okay, he's not that good. They gave up too much for him, but, I mean, he's still an NHL defenseman. McNabb-Schmidt is number one pairing, Martinez-Theodore. I, I, th- I think Theodore is world-class defenseman. I think Schmidt is pretty underrated, too. But I think that's where you maybe could exploit some stuff. What happened to England? Is he hurt, or is he not playing? Looks like England's hurt. No, he's not even playing. So- oh, shit! I forgot about Alex Tuck when they're healthy. When yeah. they're healthy, they have Alex Tuck in their lineup, too. And honestly, I think... I don't know. You talk about timing and windows. That is an interesting point. Like these they could be susceptible this year. I think they are. And I think it's all about injury related. And you look at the age of these guys, even like Pacioretty, Stastny for sure. These guys have declined. Well, Pacioretty not so much this year. Especially. Yeah, he's been insane. But I don't know. For them, if they can stay healthy, if they can stay in peak health, like Vegas, they're probably coming out of the West. From a purely analytical, statistical point of view, they should be. They are the Stanley Cup favorite in the West for me. Like without a doubt, they're the best team in the West. But from like a hockey fan juju weird hockey god logic, like non logical perspective, I could see them. Yeah. Like just if you think they've got a new Pete DeBoer. He's been in charge of the Sharks, who have like never been able to get it. Well, done. and here's the thing: is it every injuries? Every there's single, always some. Every single year, there's an upset. They feel like they could be the team who's prime for an upset this year. 100 percent agree. And that's just to- me totally being like intuitive hey, hockey that's, sense. That's no logic speaking. That's no logic at that's, all. That's I've been watching that's hockey my whole juju. life. Yeah. Juju, I know Juju. Yeah. talking. So I agree. I think either one of those teams scares the crap out of me. But I'm not. I, like I said, I'm never going to pick one or the other. Yeah. If Now, who would I rather not play? Probably I'd, the Oilers. I'd, and it sounds insane to say because that. Because of the juju effect itself. It sounds insane to say you'd, you would rather not play the Oilers than the Vegas Golden Knights. But just because of McDavid and Dreisaitl. And the fact that there's so much like... I, I know for a fact that fucking Oilers would beat us. The stupid little shitheads. The whole stupid hockey in Canada sports night crew the would fucking cream in their jeans. The stick flip will be the story of the series. Seriously, I can just see it already in my mind's eye. I don't want to play them. I really don't. We're going to. And then, I mean, obviously, like, I don't think we probably won't play Vancouver, but I know we said don't pick anybody, but, I mean, if you had to pick of those three teams, you're picking Vancouver. 
you match up well against them, you always beat them in the first round. So, yeah, but then we're not we're not picking anybody. I don't I don't know. I don't know what I hope. You're you're most likely to play either Vegas or Edmonton. You still could play Vancouver. I guess you could still technically play St. Louis. Play a wild card team, or a, yeah, or the division winner if you're a wild card team. Yeah, like if if we're if we end up in a wild card spot, we may just be in the last wild card spot. All I hope it means we're not playing that great. Again, like all I hope is that the Flames are starting to hit their peak at the right time, and we can pull a similar situation that was pulled on us last year. All I hope is that Jeff Ward doesn't fuck us. You. You're worried that this is going to fuck us. I think it's just an inevitability that his decisions will ruin, will end the season. Well, can you imagine? It's like game seven. We're down by a goal, and Johnny Gaudreau's on the bench, and there's no timeout called. Yes, I can imagine. (laughs) I've seen it all season long. It'd be crazy. Can you imagine that we're up a goal? All we have to do is hang on for 20 more seconds. You got Tobias Reeder. You got Jane Kowski out against Dreisaitl. Noah Hannafin out there. (laughs) It's going to happen. Fucker is oh going to fuck us. It's crazy. Okay, so that pretty much wraps it up on the playoff matchup kind of prognostication, right? Yeah, I think we let's quickly touch on Vancouver. I mean, we did say Markstrom's out. It sounds like he's out for probably at least in two more weeks. I I can't see them surviving this. I don't know. Like, he's been so important. But they, do they miss the playoffs, though? I mean, they're in the first wildcard spot right now 60, with 65 games played and 74 like, points. Like, look at this. look at this race. I know. So you got Vancouver's at 74, Winnipeg's at 74, Minnesota's at 73, Nashville's at 72, Arizona's at 72. They, so if Vancouver plays Arizona tonight and loses, that could be a death stroke. Vancouver or yeah. Arizona? I think... For either one. Yeah. I think if either one lose... I don't think... I think Vancouver will be... They can still bounce back if they lose regulation. If Arizona loses regulation tonight... Well, they're done. They're done. Because Vancouver's got two games in hand on them already. Anyways, Anyways, it'll be interesting. Has, have you shit. seen this? I mean, as close as the Pacific Division has been all year, it's still just as close. It's going to be. <laughs> it's the most interesting division to watch. It, it is. Well, like maybe you can look at like the Central's pretty much set. Um, the Atlantic still interests me, just because I'm like really curious to see what happens with like. It's funny you've had Caroline on the outside looking in for a while. That's weird, now. hey. What's the deal? Because they, they've been playing since, good hockey. Since Dougie went down. Hey, interesting. Could Dougie Hamilton be one of the best, if not the best, defenseman in the league? Maybe. Yes. It's insane to me that Columbus is still in a playoff spot. It is. And I, Carolina has three games in hand on them. We just might give them a little death blow tonight. I hope so. I hope tonight's not a trap game. Like I said, you got to... Those first 10, 12 minutes... You need to be skating. I you like. I think if you're the Flames, you don't focus really on trying to score or keep the puck. You just focus on skating, skating, skating for the first 12, 10, 12 minutes. Stick to the basics. Don't try Dude. to do too much because then your legs will catch up with you. If you would have told me that the New York Rangers, even though they're not going to make the playoffs, but they're only four points out. They're having an incredible season. That's insane. They're having an incredible season. Our Timmy Panarin should probably win the Hart Trophy. Well, like they were saying, I think on the radio yesterday, you typically need to make the playoffs in order to win the heart. I mean, if you barely make it and you're like, if you look, all the underlying, I know a lot of the analytics I guys are was, like, he should be winning the heart because he's been insane. I think it was Elliot saying is that based on what's happened in the past, which is what he will lean to, a heart winner will 
they'll be in the playoffs. Okay, let's wrap this podcast up with that question. Do you subscribe to that philosophy? Yeah, I do. I don't. How how instrumental were you to your team's success if you didn't even make the playoffs? Okay, well, let's say you, like you almost made it. Yeah, but let's it's say like you were the best of the losers in the heart. I know, the heart but let's, winning trades. Let's say you're the Oilers, and like, how do you not say McDavid is like the last couple of years, like not last year, but the year previous? I think was the year he had that was crazy. How do you not say he's the Hart Trophy winner? Because like, would the Oilers even have ten wins if he didn't play? Because they didn't make the playoffs. I know, but like, isn't the the I go by definition. The definition of the Hart Trophy is most valuable player to his team. The player who gives the most value to his team. It puts it in context. But how much value? It's contextual. A team that makes the playoffs instantly has more value than a team that doesn't. Yeah, but that's kind of out of control of the player. That's like the biggest measurement stick. But that's how you're going to measure how much value a player brought to but his if team. But you subtract, if you subtract Artemi Panarin from the New York Rangers, they're probably in dead last in the, in the East other than Detroit right now, I would say. Well, you can't say that. Anyways, anything else to add? I get the final word. Who do you think is going to win the heart? Who do I think is going to win? It's going to be Leon Dreisaitl. It'll be Dreisaitl, even though I don't think he should. It will be. I get, him and McDavid will both be he'll both be nominees, and he'll win. Like, could you have something that makes you want to vomit more than that? No. Both McDavid cup. and Drysdale are heart candidates. So it's like just when you just when you can't even watch a broadcast without vomiting because of McDavid. Now it's Drysdale too. Like of course it is. Like are they are they well, the most vomit worthy team I've ever seen in my life? Well, they wouldn't. Is there even, any team that makes you want to vomit more than them? They wouldn't even be more as vomity if the media didn't have their dick. Like it's so unbearable. Well, that's. Is that's the vomit effect? Like if it was just Oilers fans, it'd be it'd still be unbearable, but it would be like, I guess I understand your Oilers fans, but it's the fact that it's like every goddamn person on Sportsnet like has to go out of their word out of their way to remind me how great the Oilers are, even though they've been the worst franchise since nineteen ninety in the entire league. That's a good place to end. <laughs>